welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. I've been thinking about how important it is for us as believers, not just to talk the talk, but walk the walk. Um, that, that, that it seems to me that the, the world is covered in messages from social media to advertising to marketing um, to politicians to the, to, the, to the news channels. You know, I, I, I've got to a point now where I don't, I don't believe anything the news says. Even when they say terrible things about a person I hate, I still don't believe them. Uh, I, I, the world's got messages that are so conflicting and wrong and out of whack and not true, that if we're going to touch the world around us with the gospel of Jesus, it's going to take more than our talk. It's going to be to do with our walk as well. And I think it's our, it's our journey as a believer uh, is to uh, is, uh, just uh, move closer to what God says, to live like he says. It's the battle of theory versus reality, the battle of theology versus realology, uh, getting head knowledge like what you know, to become heart knowledge, what you do. Uh, and uh, it would seem to me that most believers have some knowledge. Uh, they know the doctrine of or the principle of. They've read a book about. They've read in the Bible about certain things. And, and as much as information is the beginning of something, it's not the thing that transforms a human life. Uh, it's not what we know that's important. It's what we do that's important. And so information, as a believer, has got to become revelation because information is what we know. Revelation is what we do. It's what we believe. So it's, it's good to know something, but it's better. Like, for example, um, do you all know the, um, the terms being stabbed in the back? You know, like, and it's, it's when somebody lets you down, when you trusted somebody, they were close to you, uh, somebody said something about you you wouldn't think somebody would say. It's being stabbed in the back. And, and often I've watched believers, and, and, and they know they should forgive, all right? We all, everyone knows where to forgive. But I've watched believers get stabbed in the back, and often their response is this. Ah! In Jesus' name. There's that, that I, I know I should forgive, but I don't really want to. Uh, and, uh, and often it's caught up on the thought pattern, they don't deserve to be forgiven. And that's probably true. And you don't forgive because they deserve to or don't deserve to. As a matter of fact, forgiveness is not about them, it's about you. The, the person who becomes free in forgiving somebody is not the person you forgive. It's the person that, that, that does the forgiveness. I got an email just recently about somebody who said, Pastor, I want you to forgive me for the bad thoughts I've had about you. And I've listened to a whole, whole bunch of things for years and years, which I knew nothing about. <laughs> and he says, and I said, yeah, we're all good. So that, 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 in, that forgiveness act wasn't to do something in my heart. It was to do something in his heart. And so it's important we, don't, we understand that the things that God asks us to do are not just something that should stay in our head. It's something that we should actually, actually end up doing. Uh, such a difference between knowing and doing. You know, um, uh, I've been playing golf on and off for, uh, you know, maybe 30 years. And uh, I've decided to get a little bit serious about it now. And uh, so I started to take lessons. And, uh, and I've just had to undo 30 years of bad golf swings. And that's another message called deception. Um, 
And, uh, and so I know a bunch of things now. I've had some lessons and I know that, that the theory of it, I know what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to keep my head still, do this, bend here, twist that, turn that, and above all, relax. <laughs> so I know what to do, but there's a huge difference between my golf game and Tiger Woods' golf game. Now, he doesn't get up there and think this, that, this, the other thing. It's intuitive. You see, he doesn't live out of his head, he lives out of his heart. And that's the, that's the journey of being a Christian is that we get to a point, we're not living out of, oh, should I do that? Should I give in the offering? It's just what we do. Because it's no longer information, it's revelation. And that's our journey as believers, you know. Uh, knowing something doesn't mean you can do it. Imagine your uh, teenager coming up to you and you've bought a brand new car and they haven't got their license yet, but they've, they've, they've seen how to drive on YouTube. All right? And they come up to you and say, hey, can I borrow the car? What are you going to do? Oh, sure, here's the keys. See you in heaven. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that because there's a difference between knowing something and being able to do something. All right, big difference. And uh, so today's message is really about how we get knowing in our head down to doing in our heart. Thinking is in our head, believing is in... And it doesn't look that far, does it? It really, you know, like it's not that far. They would think to get information from here to here. But it is a journey. And you can, you, you can tell by how long it took the Israelites. You know, stupid Israelites. 40 years before they got... Knowing God had a promise for them, before they actually got a revelation and walked into the promise of God. And uh, it's important that we understand this is our journey as a believer. It sounds easy. It's a little bit more complicated, but we need to do it. We don't do, we don't do what we know in life. We do what we believe in life. You can know all sorts of things, but you only do what you believe. The Bible says, out of your belly, or out of your soul, or out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. It's not out of your head. It's out of your heart. Uh, when you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. So we make a decision with our head but salvation comes when it's a revelation in our heart. Not when we just know about it. It's when something changes down here. You don't get what you know or want in life. I want you to write that down, somebody. You don't get what you know or want in life. You get what you believe. And if you want to change an outer reality, you first got to change an inner belief system. If you want to change something out here, you can try, know all the things, you know, you, you, can, know, you can know the diet. <laughs> Who knows, knowing the diet doesn't help you. I wish that was the answer, just knowing the diet. But you've got to do the diet. There's a difference between knowing and doing, and it's the same in our spiritual life. So what starts up here in our head has got to become powerful enough, converted to get down into our heart. And that doesn't look that far, but it's quite a journey to the promised land or the promise of God. And just because you shove something in up here, and that's what I, you know, as a preacher, I'm always, I'm, I'm telling people things. I'm preaching the Word of God. I'm sharing biblical truths with people. I'm getting, and my, 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 my prayer every time I get up here is, God, don't let it just stay in their head. Don't let it be information. God, do something with that. Let them be open enough to say, you know what, God, I want to get it from here to here. And just because you shove something in here doesn't mean it gets down here. When I uh, took over uh, City Point, Brisbane in, in uh, 2000, we had a drink machine in the foyer. And, uh, you know, you put your money in the top and a drink's supposed to come out the bottom. And it was a, it was a terrible machine in regards to that. Uh, people put them, the drinks never came out. And people would say to me, Pastor Mike, why do you keep this stupid machine? And I said, well, it's obvious. It makes me a lot of money. Uh, and, um, 
And, but you watch people when it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. They, they put their money, they expect it, and it doesn't. What do they, they, they push that machine. They slap that machine. They even kick that machine just to get that information or that finance to turn into what that is at the bottom. And I want to tell you, unfortunately, sometimes God's got to slap us a little bit, push us a little bit, shove us around a little bit, just so we can get information to become revelation. So our challenge as a believer is to get what we read, what we hear from here to here. So important. Ephesians 4 verses 15 and 16. Let's put a beautiful. But speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knitted together what, what every joint supplies according to the effective working which every part, not knows, does. We, church is not a spectator sport. It's not knowing it's doing, all right? Uh, what every part does, when it does, every part does its share, causes growth for the body, for the edifying of itself in love. It's very clear theology right throughout the Bible about not just knowing, it's about doing something. Um, let's go to James chapter 1, verse 22. Now, uh, I don't go to the book of James often. I do not find it encouraging. Uh, I always find it threatening and uh, You'll know when you get to heaven, you'll know who James is because he'll be alone and he will have no friends. <laughs> he is not nice and therefore I avoid the book of James where I can. Because every time I read the book of James, it's almost like a hand reaches out from the book, grabs me by my collar and says, look at this, you idiot. <laughs> Let's read verse 22. But be doers of the word... And not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, or does it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. It's doers who are blessed. Not hopers, not one-dayers, not wishers, maybes, doers are the ones that are blessed. So it's important we understand, therefore, if we're going to do, information's going to become revelation because you don't live out of your head, you live out of your heart. Doing is the result of faith and believing arriving in your heart. Let me put it this way. Faith is not what you think you know. Because it doesn't live in, faith doesn't live in a head. Faith is not what you think you know. Faith is what you know when you don't think. Because faith lives in a heart, not in a head. So faith is not what you think you know. Faith is what you know when you don't think about it. It's intuitive. Of course I'd forgive that. Doesn't matter what somebody does to me, I'm going to forgive that person. Of course I'm going to give into the offering today because I want to see the goodness of God come to the nation around me. So it's all these things that, that are getting to, yeah, we know, but it's actually doing that makes the difference. Faith is not what you think you know. Faith is what you know when you don't think. And you know what you really believe by what you do. You know what you really believe. I, I can tell you what you believe about money, not by what you say, but by what signs of finances follow you. 
I, I, I can tell what you believe about marriage, not by what you say, but by the signs of your marriage. I can tell you what you believe about church life and Jesus, not by what you say, but by signs. You actually do what you believe in life. That's what we do, what we actually believe. And unfortunately, there's not enough, I don't think yet, there's just not enough believers. They have some knowledge of the Word of God. They understand the principles of God, but not as many as we'd want step into the ring and decide to live it out, to trust God at His Word, to give it their very best. Um, back in the day, there was a tightrope walker called Mr. Blondin, and uh, he got famous because he decided to put a tightrope uh, right across Niagara Falls and walk across it, uh, you know, as a tightrope walker. And uh, they advertised it, and you know, a big, a big crowd turned up. Big crowd. Now, I never know uh, whether people come to see him make it or whether they come to see him not make it. Uh, so I'm never sure, but a big crowd turned up, and um, he gets up there and he turns to the crowd and he says, you know what, do you believe I can do this? The crowd goes, yes, yes, they cheer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets a little closer and says, do you really believe I can do this? That crowd goes crazy, you the man, you the man. <clears throat> he gets right to the very edge and he turns around one more time and he says, no, do you really believe I can do this? The crowd goes crazy. And as they all settle down, he says these words, if you believe, then who will come with me? <laughs> oh, look, a rabbit. <laughs> the time, lunch. Sorry, got to go. We all love the idea of revival. <laughs> but who will come with me? You see, you only do what you really believe in life. Not what you think, what you believe. And if you believe that Jesus is the answer, you act in a certain way. If you believe it. And the journey of us as believers is to get that information down into Revelation. Our challenge is not to bring God's word down to our experience. But to bring our experience up to what God's word says. Because that's where truth in life is. Getting our theology to become realology. That's the whole quest. So today, I want to look at some keys to help you do this. Is that okay? Some keys to help you get information into Revelation. And we're going to look at a guy called Joshua of the Old Testament. And Joshua was the one that got the, pro the promised people into the promised land. He was the one that knew of the promise, but then saw them enter into the promise. And anybody that, that, that can know the promises and then enter into the promise has got my attention, information. So I'm going, why, God, why choose him? Uh, how did he become that person to not just know the promises, but to live out the promises? So we're going to look at Joshua today and just get a picture of this man and why God used him and what was in his heart. Um, so let's start in Exodus chapter 33, verses 9 through 11. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp but his servant, listen to this, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Now, a couple of things here. Back in the day, 
God wasn't available to everybody like he is today. The only person who talked to God face to face back in the day was Moses. And if anybody else tried to go into that tabernacle or that tent, they would die instantly. All right, so that God turns up, everybody knows that there's rumbling, there's lightning, there's a whole bunch of things happening. Everybody wakes up, they know God's in the house and they worship God at their tent door. Moses goes into the tabernacle and meets the God face to face as a friend. But the Bible says that when he's finished, he walks out and he's going back to his tent. And I don't know what Moses looked like after a couple of hours with God, maybe his hair standing up, you know, big sunny smile on his face. And that was great. That was so good. Uh, Joshua, I'm going back to the tent. And yet there's this sense of this young man, Joshua, said, you know what? I'm not leaving the presence of God. I can't go in there. And I have this picture etched in my mind of a young man called Joshua with his hands and his face up against the tent wall, sucking the paint off, getting as close to God as he can. Can I tell you today, if you want to get information into Revelation, you must be found in his presence. You must be found in the presence of God. Be found in his presence. You know, when, when, we, when we come on a Sunday and we have the team lead us up here to, into worship, honestly, it, it's not about singing. It's really, you know, I, I can't even sing in tune. I can't clap in time. As a matter of fact, I'm not bound by music. I've been set free. <laughs> so when I walk in to worship God, it's not something I do. It's more a place I go. And don't, 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 not waste, but don't belittle the, the powerful effect it can have by standing in this building with your hands up, your heart open, and what God can do in that moment. The amount of times God has spoken to me in a church service, uh, right there in those pews as I've worshipped him, as he's done something in our heart that needed to get done, you've got to be found in his presence. So important that we don't misread the presence of God. And even if you don't feel anything, doesn't mean you're not in the presence of God. It's an action of faith. It's, I mean, I, I, well, as a matter of fact, worship today is like the building of an altar in the Old Testament. When they built an altar of stone, there was their place of contact with the divine. And today, worship is our place of contact with the divine. It's, it's an altar to God. It's where we open our hearts and say, God, I want to meet with you. And even before this event, um, Moses is at the top of Mount Sinai writing down the Ten Commandments. All right? And the Bible just happens to throw in under that epic event that if you scanned halfway down the mountain, there was a young man named Joshua as close to the presence of God as he could get. There is something about Joshua's ability or desire to be in his presence that so formed his heart, he was able to take the promise and enter the promise. And that's still the plan of God for every one of us, not just to know the promise, but to enter the promise. In his presence, information becomes revelation. Our believing starts to change. In his presence, healings and miracles take place. 
Fears are overcome. Faith is enhanced. Theology is transformed into realology. So I want to tell you today, let's move into the next season of who we are as a church, knowing that we must be found in his presence. In, in your prayer time, in your meditation time, man, in a church time, but be found in his presence. Enter into his presence. That's what it says. It doesn't say sing. It says enter in. It's a decision, not just a voice concept. It's a decision to enter into the presence of God. Joshua was found in his presence. He was able to know the promise and take a generation into the promise. The second thing, let's read in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. This is God speaking to Joshua. He said, you want to you you be that person that, can, that just doesn't know, but you want to enter into the promise? You've got to be found in his word. You must be found in his word. If my greatest fear of the, of the season we enter into is the number of Christians who will be confused about doctrine because they do not know what the Bible says. They don't, they don't read their Bible. They read the internet or social media and they, and they get confused about different things. You've got to know what God's word says. You, there's no way around it. You've got to, you've got, you know, people, I think one of the great fears to me I have is that people have decided to serve the God of their own opinion. You know, like, or God of somebody else's opinion. They're like, there's no power in the God of your opinion. I'm not going to serve, I don't want to serve the God of my opinion. There's no power. I want to serve the God of the Word of God. And, and to serve that God, you've got to know who that God is. Now, Whitley and I were in America for a couple of months over Christmas, and the amount of news reporters or people who said things like, you know, oh, Jesus wouldn't do that. How would you know what Jesus would do? You don't know. You're making an assumption. You're, you're, you're making this God up of your own opinion. You must know what the Word of God says. Man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Our sustenance comes out of knowing what God says. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word or the words of God. We must keep renewing our belief system by entering. That book that you have, that Bible, whether it's on a laptop or a phone or in a uh, paper version, was never intended to stay written there. It was always intended to be written on the tablets of a human heart. And it doesn't mean you have to know the word verbatim, but you've got to know what God says. That's the only way to make it through. Otherwise, you will be deceived. You will be deceived because somebody will have an opinion about God that will sound interesting, but it's nothing to do with God. Whatever you intensely focus on long enough, you eventually take on the spirit of that thing you're focusing on. So whatever it is. So if you decide to focus on the Word of God, you'll eventually take on the spirit of that which you're focusing on. If you're focusing too much on something else, you take on the spirit of that thing. So it's important to be make sure what we focus on or what we look at, because eventually we take on the spirit of whatever we intensely look at. So if we're found in his word, you'll find the power you need to live what you believe. If you're found in his word, you will find the power you need to live what you believe. Because the Bible goes on and says his word, God's word, will not return void. It will accomplish that which it was sent for. Therefore, as believers, to make sure we are 
here at the end and made a difference on the way, you must know what God says. Would you this year please read your Bible? And, and don't just read it like, okay, chapter 25, done. Yep, done Ephesians. No, no, I, I never read the Word of God without asking questions as I read the Word of God. I'm not trying to read the... Reading the Word of God doesn't help anybody. What do you want to... You, reading the Word of God is not about reading the Word of God. Reading the Word of God is finding out what God is saying to you in the Word of God. You don't read it to read it. You read it to hear what God is saying. So don't just read it. Hear what God says. You, you can get more power out of one line than a whole chapter if you hear what God says out of it. Don't get stuck on done Ephesians. No, what did God say to you when you read Ephesians? I love the Bible. I find it so fascinating. And at so many levels. I mean, there's a, there's a story about a guy that Jesus healed. <laughs> He's blind and God gives him, Jesus gives him his eyesight back. And then, and then he tells the guy not to tell anybody. How do you do that? You looked at me. No, I didn't. Huh? I sure you've been. No, 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 can't do it. No, it wasn't me. I, I find the Bible fascinating. I, I find in the book of John, John sits down and, and, he, and he says these words. You know what? I'm the one that Jesus loved the most. What a self-image. I find it fascinating. And, as, and I, when, I, when I read about John and Matthew, I, I think, what would I be thinking when if I sat down next to Jesus and somebody asked him one of those questions? Like, you know, don't, don't read the Bible for that. Read the Bible. Read the Bible to find out what God is saying to you. That's the sustenance that gives us strength into our future. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by his word. That helps move knowledge into revelation, is knowing what God says about it. Um, now, Joshua chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, says this. It says, be found in his word. <laughs> no? Joshua chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. All right. The story of Joshua chapter 8, 1 through 3 is that there are, they've beaten Jericho now. They, they, they almost have got the, the promised land covered, and they're, 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 they're the new conquerors of the promised land. And they've got one more city to take, and it's Ai. Ai, Ai. And, um, and God says, do this, do this, do that. Get these people ready, and then... You will take, and it will be just like Jericho. You're going to have an incredible victory. Uh, you know, God, I'm going to bless you. It's going to be awesome. And then it goes on in the verse 3 where it says, Then Joshua arose and did what God said. Yes. Joshua arose. So there's the word of God. The knowing, yeah, no, I know what God wants me to do. But then it says, Joshua arose and he did what God said. And the third thing this morning, be found in doing what God says to do. Yes. Be found in doing what God says to do. Just, just because he said it. Just because it's written in the Word of God. Just, just don't, don't, don't think about it. Don't have your opinion. I mean, there are some scriptures I would have left out of the Bible. I don't like them. I, I don't think, I, I, don't, I just don't, you know, are they needed to do things like that? I mean, are we needed? But the point is, I have decided a long time ago that God is smarter than me, wiser than me, He's higher than me, His ways are better than my ways, and my, I have decided to bow my knee to His Word and do what He says 
because I've looked at men do their thing and it has not worked that well. They all had their ideas, their opinions, their religions, their philosophies. But at the end of the day, nothing works like bowing your knee to what God says in the Word of God. And we need to do what God says just because He said it. Just because He said it. I mean, there's, there's an account where the disciples are having trouble with one of the things Jesus taught them on. And, and uh, they, 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 they go to his mother, Jesus' mother, Mary. They go, oh, man, we're, we're messed up here, Mary. We're not sure what this all means, how it's all going to work out. And uh, you know what Mary says? He says, she says, just do what he says. <laughs> just do what he says. And the truth is, if you act upon the word of God, Every time you act upon it, it reinforces it in your soul and it makes it easier to do next time. And as a matter of fact, in that acting, even though we're not totally convinced yet in that acting, that helps, that helps release information down to revelation so it becomes intuitive in our heart to believe that thing eventually. Acting in obedience empowers our theology to become realology. Joshua was found in God's presence. Joshua was found in God's word. And Joshua was found in doing what God said. And he was the one that didn't just know the promises of God. He entered into the promises of God. And today I don't doubt there's any different to any one of us that if we want to not just know what God says but enter into what God says, then we've got to be in his presence. We've got to be in his word. And we've got to be about doing what he says. He and Israel were able to enter the promises of God, the promised land. Today, God wants our knowledge to become revelation, our potential to become power, our theology to become realology, because as the world looks at us, they don't want to just hear what we say, they want to see what we say. And that's the power. As a matter of fact, the Bible actually says this, the day the world out there that doesn't know Jesus will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. We're doing it, not just talking about love, we're doing it. And that's the power of the gospel. It's not in our knowing, but it's in our doing. It's, I believe in 2023, it's time for us to cross over into the promised land. Not just stand on this side and look at what's possible or what could be or what was, but to enter into the promises that God has for you. So I'm praying today you would say, you know what, I'm in. I'm going to spend more time in his presence. I'm going to spend more time in his word. I'm spend more time doing what he says. And we're going to see the outworking of the promise of God in a bigger dimension than we ever thought possible. Today is the day. The year is the year. Let's not just talk the talk. Let's walk the walk. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes today. Lord, I thank you right now for every person in this house. I pray, God, that by your spirit you would supernaturally start to minister something deep inside them. God, I, I pray you'd shake them up a little bit. Shake us, shake us all, Holy Spirit. Shake us all. That everything we know just doesn't sit in our head. but starts to drop down into our hearts. Let us be convinced that God is the answer for my life and for the world that we live in. And He is. Let us believe that today and go on this journey of transformation. God, I don't, Jesus didn't just tell us how to live. He showed us how to live. And I thank you right now that in us is potential of power 
and promises that are at our beck and call if we're prepared to allow you to do what you need to do in us. The promised land is for all people, a land of milk and honey, of blessing and prosperity, of healing and wholeness today. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ right there. And today, before I close this meeting, maybe you've come today and you're not a believer in Jesus. Maybe you've never made that decision to follow him, or maybe you had and life got in the way and you went down some different alleys, but something's stirring, something's moving again. Such good news today. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been, God is not angry at you. He's not mad at you. He's not going to condemn you. He's waiting for you. He's always been waiting for you. See, I don't know what problems you're facing, what challenges. I don't know what challenges are in your future, but I do know this. The answer you will need every time will start and finish in the name of Jesus. Today, you can start the journey of being a believer with a decision, just a decision. The Bible says that if you believe Jesus died for your sin and he rose again from the dead, you shall be saved. Just starts with a, I believe. I, I, I believe that today. And saved, a big word, it's saved out of our past, saved into our future, saved into eternity. It's all ours and it's already been paid. The price has been paid. All you've got to do is receive it today. I'm not going to embarrass anybody today, and, but I'd love you to res respond to Jesus for the first time. We're going to come back and say, you know what? I'm coming home. And I'd love to pray with you right where you're seated today. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. But if you say in your heart, you know what? Pray with me today. I, I want to believe upon Jesus. I want to come back. I want to make sure my eternity is set. Would you just lift your hand and give me a wave this morning?